Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. All right, guys, we're going to just uh, continue this trend of keeping it real all the time, 24-7, and I'm just going to make a, a bold statement that maybe it's not so bold anymore. Is it time for Coach Dickey and Coach McAndrew to pack the bags and hit the road? The reason this is you know, kind of pertinent to this exact situation is Coach Dickey was a legend at Kansas State with Bill Snyder for years and years and years, churning out two-star, three-star O-linemen, putting them in the NFL, right? We at Oklahoma State are synonymous with taking two, three-star guys and also being extremely productive and, and, and oftentimes putting them in the NFL, Right, that's why our uh, personal trainer is the only personal trainer in all of football, college football, that makes a million bucks. Because you know that is something that we're famous for. Well, so was he when he was at K State. That was something that he was famous for. So I'm a hundred percent confident when I say I'm sure Gundy thought that you know. He needed something like that to help bridge that gap because O-line has not been a strength of Oklahoma State. Do we have, you know, a handful of guys that that, that play a lot in the NFL? Yeah, we do. Um, but, yeah, is it something we're known for like he was? Absolutely not. But uh, honeymoon phase is done. Um, and it's just it's time to move on. Right? He, he he is a legend. That's awesome. Um Hopefully he has a good showing this weekend in Manhattan because, you know, there's a lot of familiarity he has with that place. So I'm sure he wants to put on a good performance, and we need him to put on a good performance because our O-line is a hodgepodge of second, third, fourth, first string, just all intermingled together. We got guys playing positions they haven't played in years. Some Some really haven't played there ever, and... So, you know, maybe this is a game or a transitional period for him that saves his job. Because as it sits right now, you know, we, we've kind of discussed what happened last year as far as transfer market. We didn't lose very many people. Gundy did a phenomenal job at keeping most of the, the people that we needed um, to, you know, piece, piece a successful season together. And by successful, I mean 11 wins. I think that was... I think that was the um, you know the goal coming into the season is at least eleven wins. I know there's some Oklahoma State fans that would have been cool with nine and three, ten and two. Um, hopefully, those people are starting to you know kind of realize that the tide has turned, things have changed, uh, the status of, of where we are in the Big Twelve has changed, the Big Twelve in and itself is changing. So hopefully we got some fans that are kind of growing with the times as well. But yeah, they, the expectation wasn't 11 wins plus this season. Then I, I think it would have been a disappointment on us as a fan base and a staff to not expect that, right? To not expect 10 win seasons uh, on a year-in, year-out basis. Are there going to be some years we win 12? Yes. Are there going to be some years we win maybe 9? Yes. But, you know, as long as we're, we're hovering in that 10-11 uh, range, I think we're going to be fine. But, obviously, the bridge with, with some of these coaches hasn't worked out. And I know that we've talked openly about Dunn, 
legitimately being a, a head coach, you know, potential type of candidate. And if you as a fan base have a, a bunch of aspirations to keep done around after this season, well, then Dickey has to go because Dickey and Dunn, it's not necessarily that didn't see eye to eye. Dunn just feels like, or sorry, Dunn supposedly felt like <laughs> that Dickey is not holding up his end of the bargain. You know what I mean? Like, if they sat down as a coaching staff before each season, you know, cracked a beer, and decided this is what we need to do to be successful. And let's say that they all had an accountability chart. And let's say that a couple coaches did not live up to their end of the accountability chart. And then let's also say that Dunn may have wanted some of these coaches gone, primarily Dickey, because not, not that he disliked him, not that he thought he was a bad coach, but he's just not, you know, living up to his end of the bargain, not only on the field, but a recruiting perspective. Our O-line recruiting is not great. Like, some of the big-time gets we kind of got, we lost. Last year, we lost, like, literally, what, 8 to 11 linemen? That is insanity. Like, that, that screams there's a little bit of a problem. Remember a few years back when Oklahoma State women's basketball, we were pretty good, pretty good, and then we just had this exodus of, of really good players that just transferred, and it was kind of out of nowhere, and it didn't make a lot of sense? You know, um, well, there's a reason, and there's some documentation that, that, that says our best lineman last year was clearly Josh Seals, yeah, which is why he's on an NFL roster and playing at the moment in the NFL. And he and Dickey evidently did not get along. Um, and, and there is a quite contentious of a relationship. And then you have all these, these transfers. Well, just like, you know, when the Oklahoma State women's basketball team went through this, we found out that Coach Little then did have some problems and that there was some issues going on within the team and within the locker room and, and, and with the coach, right? So typically, these, these things are not a microcosm. Typically, there's a lot more behind it. There's, there is usually some, some substance uh, behind a max, mass exodus, which makes you wonder a little bit about baseball because we, we did have that happen to us, uh, but we'll, we'll dive into that significantly later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you thought the O-line transfer market was kind of confusing, and then we brought some big dudes in. And then we lost a couple of the big dudes we brought in. Uh, one of them, I guess, got in trouble. One of them wasn't going to work out. But nonetheless, we lost more than we got. And we knew going into this season that if we had a good O-line, we were going to go pretty daggone far. Well, we have we have a lot of talent at the O-line, but we're not very deep. Um, I mean, we're fairly decently deep. But if we keep getting punched in the mouth, we're, we're not going to be. And it's going to become an issue. Luckily, we've been slightly fortunate that a large portion of our injuries have come at, at places where we could kind of, you know, uh, like we've already discussed, stem the tide. Right? We're very deep at D-line, and now we found out we're very, very deep at wide receiver. And those seem to be kind of the main places we've been taking hits. And now the O-line obviously has become part of that, that mash unit as well. So... Why are we in this situation? Why did we have so many transfers? Why has our O-line not really been massively, massively productive since Dickey has been here? And why is the recruiting obviously lacking while Dickey is here? 
It just, you know, sometimes the game passes people by. And you know, it looked like that may have been starting to happen with Gundy until a couple of years ago with, with COVID and all the stuff that kind of just transpired in the 2020 season. You saw a lot of growth out of Gundy, right? If he could grow in one more area that we're not going to kicking too many field goals um but yeah gundy is willing to change a, a decent amount of the time maybe dickie's not but if dunn's not the biggest fan because he doesn't think dickie's holding up his end of the bargain and gundy wants to keep dickie around uh, because of the legendary status and and how he does believe in the the philosophies that he teaches clearly it's just not connecting with the kids so yeah, it's. I mean, do we lose Dunn? Probably. I think we lose Dunn, honestly, probably anyways. You know what I mean? Like, even if Spencer comes back for uh, what is not likely, in my opinion, to happen, but even if Spencer were to come back, I don't think that that, that means Dunn stays. Right? So then we do we keep Dickey because we lose Dunn because Dunn's most likely going to go take uh, uh, a head coaching job somewhere? I hope not. Guys, it just it's not it's not working out. And I love Dickie and I love that he's a legend. And you guys already know the affinity that we have for Bill Snyder on this channel. Uh, but it's just not working. Coach Mac McIndoo, I mean, it's cool. He's got a son on the team. He's been here a little while. Gundy likes him. Evidently, Gundy saved his job as well. And that's the most noticeable one. Um, our transition to turn our tight ends into uh, what we Verbally call them as cowboy backs. Why we changed the name specifically to that or, or, or in general, I don't know. Why can't we just call them tight ends? I understand that it's a cowboy back because they're a hybrid between a fullback and a tight end. Like, I get that. But it's just, I don't know. It seems slightly unnecessary. And ever since we've gone with that, that the cowboy back definition for the tight end fullback slash hybrid position, we have not produced... Right? The one massive producer we let we let walk. We let Jelani Woods walk. After we turned him into a tight end, we converted him from a 6'7 quarterback. And we made him that tight end he was. But he got the definition of skillet hands. Now, we did throw to him sometimes, and he did have a few drops. But Virginia went with, you know, the, the philosophy of we're going to hit this Big dude that understands offenses and understands defenses and understands route concepts and what, what quarterbacks prefer that happens to be 6'7", 250, 60-plus. Uh, yeah, let's, let's throw him the ball by numbers. Did he have some drops? Obviously, yeah, he did. So we throw him it 10 times, and he'd have three drops, and we'd be like, all right, this is, this is, it's not really the biggest percentage. And we'd move on. And we'd turn him exactly into every other cowboy back we've had, which has been blockers 98% of the time. And he recruits these tight ends to be this hybrid fullback type of dude, and then they leave. And then we have to convert defensive linemen over to this cowboy back position, which we have done over and over and over and over. So not only is he losing all the recruits he brings in, the guys he transitions over to the, the offensive side of the ball that are pretty good, they are not used as an asset in any passing capacity, really. I mean, we've tried a little bit here and there. Obviously, moving Blaine Green there was to exploit that area. Didn't work out. Now we got Rashad Owens there, but we're not throwing him the ball either, so what's the point of him being there, right? If all you're going to use him for is blocking, then put Jake Schultz back in. 
You know, I just, uh, it is what it is. These, these two positions have to be adjusted. And knowing that we most likely lose Dunn, I don't understand, I don't understand why we're piddling around, right? Our O-line class right now, not great. Our tight end class right now, obviously not, not, not great. Uh, Tabor Shetron could, could make that change. Uh, I believe that he can. But are we going to wait that long? Why? Why not go get a tight ends coach? Or heck, guys, find where Brian Ward's at and, br and bring him back in to some some degree. Like, why do why are we wasting these positions? Why are we wasting you know potential players because we like and respect Dickey? Like that's cool. We all like and respect Dickey. K State like and respects Dickey. But if it's just not working, it's just not working. Uh, I'm sure that Coach McIndoo has a wonderful relationship with a significant amount of people, but it has not worked ever since he's been here. Not once, not never. I just, you know what I mean? Why? Why? Why are we? Why are we doing that? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe you guys know. Jump on Twitter, right? Give me a holler. See what you guys think. Give me, give me your opinions. We got a couple more things. Uh, that we got to break down for the Kansas State game before we move on to some pretty fun stuff. But in the meantime, um, I, I murdered these yesterday, so I wanted to make it right, especially because, as you all know, Built Bar is my personal favorite sponsor. I've been interested in Built Bar for such a long time, and I can't wait for this whole thing to kind of kick off. And I, I know that uh, they're a, a good product. Right, just by reading and reviewing and listening, um, there's not a whole lot out there that, that offers what it, it can from the protein bar standpoint. That also actually does, in fact, taste like a candy bar. Use promo code locked on fifteen, locked on fifteen for fifteen percent off discount. Uh, yesterday, I think I said twenty percent. I didn't have, yeah, I, I I didn't have the the ability to. You know, I guess catch that until I, I was posting. So I apologize for that. Uh, I'll, I'll make it right, Bill Bar. Uh, but here you go, guys. Get your promo code locked on 15, 15% off at Bill Bar, the protein bar that actually does, in fact, taste like a candy bar. All right. So a few more things. Uh, I'll get off of Dickie. I'll get off Mac and Do. Uh, I did want to cover, I think most of the injuries are, are pretty out there. We've covered it most um, recently. And I don't think there's a lot of updates since yesterday, except for I did get some like definitive news on somebody that I was extremely interested in seeing coming in the season, which was Langston Anderson. Reminded me a lot of Rashad Samples, who, although he, he also left Oklahoma State, and he's having a really good coaching career, so that's, that's awesome for him. Um, but yeah, it reminds me a lot of him. He just hasn't had a chance to get going. You know, he looked good in the offseason. It looked like he was finally going to get a chance to eat a little bit. And then he's been battling a foot injury. So I didn't know if he'd been sliding down the depth chart or what happened. But it's it's another injury issue. And because he's been plagued by so daggone many, the poor guy, we were trying to keep it a little bit under wraps. Uh, it sucks for him. Hopefully he does get to come back. Because even with how ridiculously deep we are at wide receiver, I think most fans and coaches... Um, would love to see Langston Anderson get the opportunity that he's earned because he's battled through a lot of stuff and he has a, a significant amount of ability. Um, so ho hopefully he gets, he gets to you know, get that 
squared away before too long. Uh, another little fun, just kind of factoid that I, I wanted to throw at you guys. Um, even though K-State is, is leading the Big 12 in rushing and, and at 232 yards, and they lead the Big 12 in yards per carry at like 5.8, one fun little thing I, I, I noticed is, you know, you got to shut down Deuce because Deuce is a first-team All-Big 12 caliber running back every single year, All-American caliber every single year. But an interesting little nugget is in the last two games that Deuce Vaughn has played Oklahoma State University, he's had 30 carries for, you ready, 62 yards. For a kid that averages darn near 100 yards a game in his career, that is amazing that we've been able to shut him down. Now, this defense is a little bit different, and we're a lot more banged up, and we're a lot, lot younger. Um, and without them having Adrian Martinez which it seems as though that's most likely going to be the case, they're going to have to lean a little bit more on the running game, right? Because Will Howard is athletic, but, you know, he's not going to he's not gonna tear you up with his legs. So does that mean they have to rely on Deuce more? Does that work in our favor since we've been able to shut him down so much? Yeah, it's just a fun little, fun little tidbit. Uh, and then also yesterday... We talked about basketball recruiting and how massively successful it it has been in this 2023 class. And even though we lost, uh, we lost Dennis Prater or Dennis, yeah, sorry, Dennis is it Prater Jr. I believe so. Yeah. Anyways, we lost him to North Carolina State yesterday as, as a commit. But yeah, we're in for a lot bigger surprises. And then as far as football, we've covered that as well. The sky's not falling. we got a 10-man class. We're going to have a few you know, potential fifth-year, six-year seniors that use the, the extra year of eligibility as well. Um, but somebody that I, I wanted to keep an eye on, I wanted all of us to keep an eye on, is a four-star running back, a very highly rated four-star running back. He grades out at almost 93, guys. Uh, he's from New Caney, Texas. He just decommitted from Michigan State. Now, Ole Miss is a major, major player here, and Ole Miss seems extremely confident that they're probably going to get this kid. Um, but I'm seeing some backdoor writings on the wall that we've got a good shot. It's between us and Ole Miss to land this kid. Kedrick Riesano. Again, that is Kedrick Riesano. He's 5'11", 195. Uh, he got second in state in Texas in the triple jump. So he's very, very athletic, obviously, runs track. Um, you know, obviously, Michigan State's a big deal. And after watching Kenneth Walker Jr. for a couple of years, I have no doubt that played a little bit of a, a hand in him committing to Michigan State. Why did he decommit? Uh, I don't really think that's been super public yet. But... It's, it's between us and Ole Miss, and th that means he's foregoing places. He has commit, you know, uh, offers from Arkansas, Mississippi State, TCU, Nebraska, Syracuse, um, and the fact that I think it's definitely leaning O-State Ole Miss, I want to lean on our side because the punditry is leaning so far towards Ole Miss, I feel like they're sleeping on Oklahoma State. And Gundy's always been a run-first preference 
For all you out there that's like, oh, but O-State's known for throwing the ball all over the yard. Yeah, that's true, but it doesn't mean it's going to be his preference. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's not his first choice. But he's gonna, you know, he's gonna adapt and overcome. Speaking of adapting, real quick, guys, everybody should adapt and overcome, especially right now uh, with the way pricing is. And you want to keep as much money in your pocket as possible, because money in your pocket equals money in the gas tank. So why not get the best of both worlds, guys? I want you all to go download the free Upside app using the promo code Locked On to get five dollars off your first ten dollar purchase. You get. Cash back once you get rocking and rolling. So go get the, the Upside app. It's downloadable for free. And use our promo code Locked On to get that $5 off of your first $10 purchase. Uh, yeah, so it would be, um, uh, I don't know. It would be fun to see this kid in Stillwater. And it's going to be fun to see the meltdown in Oxford. And the reason I say this and the reason I think this is because the same reason I think that, you know, Nebraska may have a shot at, at Dave Aranda or, or anybody may have a shot at Dave Aranda because if Baylor can't sell out the stadium, then how are they going to keep Aranda? They shouldn't. They don't deserve to keep Aranda. The same can be said to me for Ole Miss, right? Lane Kiffin has openly not been the biggest fan of the or the fan base and the lack of Support, I guess you could say. Lane Kiffin ain't going to take that laying down. Lane, if Lane Kiffin can go somewhere and make more money and have a fan base that he knows is going to fill out the stadium every single game and not abandon him, as long as they'll stay out of his way, I don't see why he wouldn't leave Ole Miss. Which is why I think that we uh, definitely have a shot at Kedrick Riesenau. And guys, if you haven't seen this kid from New Caney, Texas, go check out his highlight videos, his interviews, He's going to be a good one. Um, and, you know, one, one of the things I found most interesting about him, his favorite thing to do is sleep. Well, think back, guys. Who was another famous running back that that was here around, oh, I don't know, 87, 88? And he was famous for sleeping at halftime, before games, after games, getting ready for practice. Barry Sanders. Now, am I comparing the two? No, <laughs> calm down, Cowboy Nation. I would never compare somebody to the GOAT. That's almost, that's just disrespectful. I wouldn't do that. But it is kind of a fun little um, hidden gem as he was considered a hidden gem. I don't see how you're considered a hidden gem when you're rated that high and you have that many massive brands uh, knocking down your door. But nonetheless, I guess maybe coming into the season, uh, his goal is to hit 2,000 yards rushing this season. Uh, he, he could. I mean, he's got some work to do. He's he's definitely easily going to do that combined between passing and rushing because he is their whole offense. Their coach admits it. The newspaper locally admits it. You know what I mean? He's the, the top running back, the top wide receiver, the, the top return man, uh, the top safety, top linebacker, whatever. He's just – he's that guy. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. – I would, I would, I would say that's a, a good, good possibility, guys. Uh, and then, lastly, before we got out of here, um, I wanted to hit a little bit about some of my picks. Okay, so between Twitter and my other show, um, this year we've been, we've been pretty good. We are thirty-nine and twelve on our picks in the Big Twelve, and we're seventy-one thirty-eight overall. 
do you, and I don't pick every single game. Like there's some games to me that just don't make a whole lot of sense. Like for example, uh, this week we have Mizzou, South Carolina, like Mizzou got lucky in a game due to the other team having a, a, an insane amount of injuries pop up. So I don't think it's really worth messing with, right? So that's an example of why we don't necessarily bet every single, single game. But I have an interesting um, way of viewing it just because of the amount of research I do. And I try to apply that to the betting side of things too, but in a little bit different twist. So as far as the picks go, guys, um, what I'm looking at right now and if anybody needs a, a breakdown for this, by all means, just hit me up on Twitter, and I, I, I'll happily uh, give away the, the records and my picks throughout the, the weeks and whatnot. But for this week, let's see here. All right. Ohio State Penn State. As much as I would love to pick Penn State, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I bet on Penn State uh, a, couple, a week or so ago, and it definitely didn't go my way, and they had more weaknesses than I had initially thought. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. I would love to pick Penn State, but it, it doesn't make sense. So I'm going with the Buckeyes. <laughs> I do think, uh, excuse me, Arky definitely gets it done uh, at Auburn, right? You know, they, they start off hot, but I still think they have a lot of talent. They're dealing with injuries, much like a lot of teams in America. Uh, but Auburn's kind of all over the place too, so it'll be a fun game. Uh, but I got Arky there. I think secretly a pretty a pretty big game is South Florida Houston. Uh, I think that's actually a hard one to call. I think talent wise, you got to go with Houston. But if UCF has Bohannon at its disposal, right, he's a little bit of an equalizer. Uh, at the same time, Houston just seems too overly talented, even though they have some issues in the locker room and on the sidelines. I begrudgingly, I'm going Houston here, guys. Um, and, and here's, uh, we got a string of upsets to, to pay attention to, in my opinion. Um, and we'll start some of that here. Are you ready for this? I, I see the matchup as being a little bit of an issue. This is just a matchup game, right? Not a talent game, but a matchup game. I've got Notre Dame taking out number 16, Syracuse. And then I also have the team we just kind of talked about, number 15, Ole Miss. They're going down to Nagyland, A&M. Even though A&M is a dumpster fire, they're going to be fired up for this one. I think they're going to feel somewhat disrespected by all the love that Ole Miss is getting. And they're going to remind people why they do have a bunch of talent, even though it's all over the place and you don't know what you're going to get one week to another. When they decide collectively that they're just going to ball, I think the talent is, is going to show, uh, show itself here. Another one. You guys ready for this? Give yourself a drum roll. I don't really know if I, if I pick it overall. Right, I think Georgia's still a better team, but at plus twelve hundred, guys, I'm I'm going to put a little bit of skin on the Florida side of the thing. I think they cover. Uh, do I think that they win overall? Actually, you know what? You know what? Let's live life on the edge. Well, we got a good we we got a good thing going so far this season. Let's go Florida over Georgia. Right there we go. Okay, Florida over Georgia. Uh, let's move on a little bit to Stanford. Do they have a shot at UCLA? I wish they did, but no, they don't. So we're taking UCLA there. I do have Louisville upsetting number 10 Wake. I, Malik Cunningham is a really undervalued. Louisville, when they play well, they're very good. When they don't play well, they're kind of all over the daggone place. But, you know, Hartman is a beast. 
It'll be fun watching him play on Sundays, but he don't get it done here. Uh, and then I wanted to pick Nebraska over Illinois. I really, 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 really did because I do like Casey Thompson. But uh, Illinois, probably just a little bit too much. Cincy-UCF, that's a huge game. If UCF doesn't lose to East Carolina, and East Carolina's not a bad squad, but if UCF does not lose to them, I'm probably picking UCF. But because of that, I, you see some of the, the deficiencies um, we're going Cincinnati. We're also picking Tulsa to take out Rest, Rhett Lashley uh, and SMU. I've got Kentucky taking out Tennessee. I believe in Tennessee. I love their uniforms. Knoxville is going to be going to going to be popping. But how many times has a Stoops brother been in this scenario and pulled a rabbit out of the hat? Especially that Stoops in Lexington, Kentucky. I also have give yourself a drum roll because I just don't buy. I just don't buy everything defensively. Number 10, USC. Do they lose to Arizona? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Because at plus 480, like, I'm cool with losing 50 cents to a dollar, y'all. I'm being, being real with you. I like betting like that. To me, it's just a lot more fun. Um, Michigan State, yeah, that would be great. But no, probably not going to happen. I say Michigan gets it done. North Carolina, they're prepared for Pitt. They get it done. All right, let's hit the Big 12. Are we ready? OU at Iowa State. Can Iowa State score enough points against that inept OU defense? It's the inept bowl or the bye week bowl because they're both coming off bye, so they should be prepared for each other's counterbalancing act. Uh, I really want to pick Iowa State. I'm going to squeeze OU out here. I'm going to squeeze OU out with a W. Um, Baylor, Texas Tech. We're picking Texas Tech. Why? Because of Baron Morton. Because of Baron Morton. That's it. That's all. Go watch him. You'll see why. Uh, TCU, West Virginia, TCU is just too powerful. Morgantown's a, a bear at nighttime, but this isn't nighttime, so TCU gets it done. Uh, obviously, I picked us 42-28 to 28 to take out K-State in the injury bowl in Manhattan. Uh, another fun one I wanted to throw out is I'm going to pick Nevada over San Jose State. Why? Well, because, you know, they've got our old backup quarterback who I thought Shane Illingworth was definitely the future in Stillwater, but... Uh, it is what it is. We wish him well. And at plus 1400 yeah, I'm betting a dollar there all day, every single day. Um, another fun ones to pay attention to if you, if you want to entertain that side of, of how I bet. Like, I bet regular, right? But I also have a lot of fun betting 25 cents, 50 cents, 70 cents, a dollar on these games like UCF. Do, do I think, you know, Houston's going to get it done? Yeah, but what I what I... Bet fifty cents or a dollar fifty at plus six fifty odds. Uh, yep, I sure would. Oregon at Cal. I think Cal upsets Oregon overall. I just think Cal gets it done. I'm not sold on Oregon, even though I love Bo Nix. But regardless, I'm definitely betting twenty five cents, fifteen cents. Why not? Because it's plus six hundred. Florida, Georgia. We've already covered that. Plus twelve hundred. Yeah, I'm laying a little skin in that. Kentucky plus three forty at Tennessee. Yeah, why not? Arizona plus four eighty USC. I'll roll with it. And then, obviously, yes, Nevada, plus 1,400. San Jose State, absolutely doing that. In other news, Neil Brown may have a legit shot, guys, at going to Nebraska. <laughs> I know Nebraska thinks that they can come swoop up darn near any coach they want in America, definitely the Big 12. Well, you know what? You're speaking way out of your backside when you say that. But... What I will give you is this. You'd have a shot at Neil Brown. You'd have a real shot at Neil Brown. You really would, Nebraska. So think about that. 
Uh, hopefully, you know, you, you have a shot at, at Dave Aranda as well, but just know, when you go to sleep at night, you could have Neil Brown. And heck, that's, phew, that's an upgrade. All right, guys. <laughs> catch, catch the next one. Actually, tomorrow, uh, I will do a post-game show. Um, so definitely stay, stay tuned for that one. But until then, God bless. Go folks. Welcome to your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. Locked on Oklahoma State. Later.